0: M&K Talk YA now presents Carve the Mark Part 2 of the Carve the Mark series by Veronica Roth. back to M&K
1: Talk YA. I'm Marissa Snyder. And I'm Katie Bradford. And this is our Young Adult Fiction Podcast. And this week we finished up Carve the Mark by Veronica Roth.
0: Which is only a duology so we're halfway through the, the series now.
1: And they're not super long books either so it's we're flying through it really. I
0: actually was really surprised because the morning after we recorded the next episode you told me you were already on chapter 32 yeah (laughs) and usually I read a lot faster than you and even at the end of that day I hadn't gotten to chapter 32 yet so I was feeling behind but (laughs) you're feeling the pressure (laughs) but I caught up I'm done now
1: (laughs) well we recorded on Monday and then it's it's only Thursday now so we read half a book and did research in two days yeah so
0: yeah it's been I don't know why we're doing this to ourselves but (laughs) but we are (laughs) because our lives aren't hard enough (laughs) it is fun to read it quicker though I feel like sometimes when we stop halfway and have a while it's like hard for me to get back into it whereas this time I was sort of jumping right in after we stopped although now I'm having more trouble remembering what was the second half versus what did we already talk about (laughs) (laughs) well don't worry because I have a notebook (laughs) filled with notes perfect So, where do you want to start in the second half of this book? I mean, I always have a tendency to go to the end. So, let's go to the middle of the book where we started the second half. Um, So, the last thing that happened was that they kissed, right? The first time? Yes. They've now kissed a couple more times. Many times. And they finished their journey to Pithar? Is that how you say it? The planet? The
1: Um, water planet? Yeah. Pitha. Pitha? Pitha. Okay. Their sojourn. Oh, yeah, you're right, Pitha. To make an alliance and get their advanced weaponry. Oh,
0: did you read the glossary at the end of the book? No, mine didn't have a glossary. Okay, mine did, and it told me that, you know how they count years as seasons? You know how they count how many seasons they are? This might have been in the story and I just missed it, but I learned the origin of that. So, it actually comes from Pitha, which we know is the water planet where we were earlier.
1: Okay.
0: And... I guess they jo- oh, I- they joke that one revolution around the sun is the rainy season. So since it rains okay. constantly there, that's like the origination of a year being a season or whatever. Okay, I just found the glossary that is in my book. <laughs> I just didn't read that far. Well, it was after the acknowledgments and stuff. I- and then I, so I read that oh, one okay. and that's I was like, the rainy season. <laughs> I was like, oh, I did- that's like so interesting. So then I read the rest of them, but the rest of them I had, Pick like there wasn't a lot of like new information so then I was like I probably just overlooked that fact in the book somewhere but what
1: guess what else is in my kindle what the diversion epilogue
0: oh I'm so jealous
1: Ah, I mean I can screenshot every page to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not above that <laughs> <laughs> or next time oh, I man, visit you I'll guess just for not reading. borrow your kindle for a minute Doesn't it tell you you have, like, a certain percent left? Or does it? I I haven't read on a Kindle in a while. I don't pay attention. (laughs) That's my own fault. Well, I know what I'm doing later. Well, we also might be reading this second book just as fast because now I'm really into it. So you might not have time until we're done. I'm just kidding.
1: Well, I also need to make time this weekend for the royal wedding because that's very important. (laughs) Of course you do. (laughs) I was actually laughing because we were talking about names last week, and I read something online that tells you what your royal wedding guest name is.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Okay.
1: Okay, so if your first name begins with an A through E, you're queen. If it's F through K, you're countess. If you're L through O, you're princess. If you're P through T, you're lady. And U through Z is duchess. Okay, so I'm a countess and you're a princess. Mm -hmm. Okay, I don't like this one. this is where it gets tricky. (laughs) So, the month you were born. January is pebbles. February, poinsettia. March, bubbles. (laughs) April, marmite. May, martini. June, squiffy. July, Ikea. (laughs) August, poodle. September, miffy. October, tinks. November, peaches. December, daffodil. Okay, so I'm Countess Pebbles. So far, I'm Princess Poodle. <laughs> 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 and then the initial of your last name. If it's A through C, you're of Tesco. D through F is of the winery. G through J is the hilarious. K through N is the greats. O through R is of the Highlands. S through V is of Starbucks. And W through Z is Von Vodka. <laughs>
0: Oh, I wish I was the hilarious or von Vodka, but I'm. My mom is the hilarious. (laughs) That's awesome.
1: Wait, my mom's is um, Countess Daffodil the hilarious?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm Countess Countess Pebbles of Tesco, but when I get married, I'll be Countess Pebbles of Starbucks. Oh, we'll both be of Starbucks because I'm Princess Poodle of Starbucks. Mm hmm. These are so silly. I love They're it. they so funny. Now we just have to design some hats for the royal wedding as well.
1: Yeah. That just made me think of it because we were talking about names last time.
0: So I also, my research pretty much doesn't, but I made one tie to connect it to the royal wedding.
1: Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was so nice of you. You know how much I love
0: the royal family. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to it when we get to it because it's so far oh, removed, okay. that one fact, that it, it will just wait. <laughs>
1: Well, the other thing we didn't talk about last week was the name of the book and how we get the tie-in to the name of the book in the first half, which is kind of rare, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, how the Chotet mark their arms for every kill that they have, but it's also um, just to commemorate loss. And we learned that Syrah has made records of all the people who she's caused pain to and then negates it, so it's not meant to be like... Um, a badge of honor it's like to remember the people
0: she's hurt mm-hmm. yeah and yeah that phrase we've heard multiple times at this point they've each carved, the mark. carved loss on the other person as well the two main characters yeah and it's interesting how you can't record
1: the same name twice like the same life twice so like whenever she kills um who was it Um, Lady's father, Uzzel, Mm -hmm. she says, like, my father's mark belongs to you or something like that.
0: Yep. It's kind of a weird concept. It is kind of weird. And it's kind of interesting to see sort of the different interpretations of it. Because at first, it really did seem more like a Kill Count Glory, like, brag about how successful you were being brutal or something. Mm -hmm. And then as we kind of dig into it more and hear more of the history and why behind it, I guess... That's where we get the... It really is about loss and, like, respect yeah. for that. And, it takes on a new meaning. And it's kind of interesting. So, also, partway through, Akos returns to... Thuvra? Doof, and you kind of <laughs> see him struggling with his identity now that he's spent a significant amount of time with the Shotet group. Mm-hmm. He still struggles with killing people, obviously, which I think is good. You know, as a... Yes. You don't want to, like, become numb to that. But also he's willing to do it when necessary to like protect his sister and the chancellor and all of this stuff. But he still wants to honor the tradition of carving the mark and knowing that mm-hmm. the soldier he killed um, in the hospital, like his family would expect it to be carved.
1: Yeah. And um, I think it is interesting to see how he reacts whenever he does kill someone, because I feel like that's something that's not often addressed enough In books, I mean, sometimes it'll be, like, a brief reaction, but in this case, like, when he kills um, Zuzao in the arena, Mm -hmm. I mean, he, like, completely falls apart afterwards Mm -hmm. and is really, really upset about it. And I think that kind of reaction is, you know, a a really human one. And I think it was interesting when Jorak, Zuzao's son, afterwards was like I thought this would be easy for you Mm -hmm. like he just assumed that he didn't really know what he was asking him yeah yeah and he just assumed that because he went through this really tough training and emerged as like a really strong soldier that killing he just assumed killing would be easy for him but I mean
0: clearly it's not well and so another kind of tradition that we learn about the shotet people is they earn this one kind of armor by killing this beast that... Oh, yeah. is a, The armored one. Yeah, apparently, I'm guessing, really vicious and hard to kill. But even though he earned the armor, because they are, like, agitated by the current and he doesn't transfer the current, it, like, wasn't the same... Like, it wasn't like he had some huge battle. That Yeah, he just... The, the animal went to sleep and he killed it.
1: Yeah, and you can see him feeling bad about that. Yeah. So I think
0: he has, like... So, um, okay, knowing this, sorry, I'm interrupting, but knowing this, no, and ahead. knowing that his mom manipulated him to avenge her husband, Ooh, yeah. what are we thinking about his
1: mom right now? Oh, God. Siffa is a really complicated character, and I kind of like that.
0: I do, too, but I also feel like we're not getting, like, I know she's complicated, but I don't know enough about why, so I really hope we get to maybe not completely understand her, but see more of her and what, how, why she's like this.
1: Yeah, because she's manipulative. She's willing to manipulate everyone to get the future she wants.
0: Also, I have a theory, and it may be enough. Well, okay, go. your your first theory came true. Wait, which was Remember? my first theory again?
1: <laughs> you thought that Ori was of the house oh, yeah, yeah, of yeah. the
0: line Benissat, Except, and you were totally right. Except I totally thought she was going to kill yeah. Rizak. Um, oh, I thought you said, she, I, I thought she was going to be the chancellor. Oh, maybe. Well, because isn't Rizik the one who says he's going to die by the hand of the Benesit or whatever? Yep. I thought so, that. Okay, that's the other oh, thing. I she was going to kill him. I, for all those people who believe that you can't escape your fate, why are they trying to kill someone who this one family has to kill? What? <laughs> like, okay, so Rizik isn't his fate say something like the Benesits are going to kill him? Or did I, am yeah, I missing? Yeah,
1: so he tries to kill them.
0: Yeah, but everyone's trying to kill Rizik but really only the Benecits are going to succeed. So why... Oh, that's true. So, like, I don't get why everyone else is trying to kill him. Or I get it, but, like, if you're going to go... If you have two of the benecit twins in the arena, have one of them go after this guy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Work with your fate, not against it. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, but I have a theory about the fates and some of the information okay. that we saw at the end. So, okay. So you know how we, at the very end of this part, learned that Sierra does not have the same blood as no rising yep yeah and we know that eight can speak the language even though like you have to have the blood to speak the language or whatever yeah i think and they're like the same age and his mom made that comment at the beginning i think they're switched i think they're from their <gasps> other family
1: well i just got chills what you, like changelings, kind of. Because then... Why
0: would they be switched? Well, because then... Because her... Remember how her fate is something like, you're going to cross the divide? And she's like, why do yeah. I care about that? Oh. But like, Aiko, she did. But if it's really Aiko's fate, he crossed the divide. Like, that started this whole thing. That was like the big But if thing. she
1: was... If she was kidnapped, though, she would have already crossed the divide. If she was kidnapped.
0: Like, no, if she was but, but the fates are the second child of this family and the third child... So... Her fate would actually be his fate and his fate would actually be her fate.
1: His fate would be to cross the divide and her fate would be to die in service to the... To the family
0: that she thinks she's a part of.
1: Oh, oh.
0: I may be making this way more complicated.
1: (laughs) But don't you think the oracles would have known if they were switched and they would have assigned the correct fate to the person?
0: Well, the oracles know. Oh, they
1: don't assign fates. Yeah. They just, the
0: oracles probably yeah. know. His mom probably knows for multiple reasons because she might have been oh, involved in switching yes. her kid and whatnot. But, you know, the oracles didn't tell the government everything because they wanted right. to, or, or they told, they just read them the fates. But it and could have been a way, it could have been a way to protect them by switching them.
1: Oh, I love this theory. I love this theory so much. And I think it's right because her blood doesn't, didn't open the gene lock on that botched assassination attempt that...
0: Yeah, and I was trying to figure out why he had blood of the Chotet family or the Shotet clan, but his brother mm-hmm. and sister didn't because I didn't get the sense that his mom like cheated on his da- like I felt like they would all have the same no, yeah. genetics. So I was so that's also why I think that
1: very good theory.
0: But I'm curious if that's right and when we find out that it is right and how that affects both of their relationships. And then that also made me wonder about um his mom's yes. reaction to meeting Sierra.
1: Oh yeah, cuz it would actually be her daughter, I
0: think so. But again, I could be completely off. Also, we just found out that her dad is still alive.
1: Rizek's dad, or supposedly, yeah. I guess we don't know for yeah. sure. So that would be Aiko's dad. Yeah, if plasma. If my
0: theory is right, anyone listening, this is just a theory at this point. So maybe we should just stick to who they are right now. But, but a good one. But I'm I'm feeling pretty good about this one, especially because I got my theory partially right for the first part. So.
1: I also want to know what Ori's gift is. Because yeah, what did
0: she do to, to Asia. Asia? Yeah,
1: I have no idea, but he just
0: collapsed. Bye. and Bye, <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. She died, and it's horrible, but
1: kind of funny. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. That was awful that... um,
0: It was at the hand of her best friend.
1: At the hand of... Yeah. yeah. It was... In the beginning, they were absolute best friends, and he turned on her. And, and it was so creepy how um, Asia and Rizak were speaking in each other's voices at the end because like that's how far gone they were, yeah. like transferred into each other's bodies. But how sad that he didn't even recognize his best friend and killed her. I
0: mean, after what he did to his brother, I'm not shocked. If anything, I think I'd almost be annoyed if he like recognized his best friend and didn't recognize his brother. But it was still sad and I'm curious to see if we ever get him back in the right frame of mind how he deals with the fact that oh, he she gosh. died at his hand—it's
1: gonna need a lot of therapy. Yeah, and it's sad that. Well, I think it's you know Akos, one his whole game plan here was to rescue his brother, mm-hmm. and when he came into the arena, he rescued Syrah. Yeah, you know, and the first time left. Yeah, yeah, the first, yeah, the first time. I was gonna he, say I they mean, rescued
0: him. He's on the ship, right? Yeah, he is on the ship now. He uh, every, is yeah. all all the faded are on the ship. Just one of them's dead,
1: right? Right, right, okay. right. And now Ryzek is on the ship, too, because Syrah had Yuma, 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 she gave her that poison, but then it actually was a drug instead, so she did end up sp- sparing Rizak because Ekos yeah. asked her, you know, this, if you kill him, my brother dies, too, yeah. essentially. And at first, she was, like, very resistant to that, but, um... I like that she didn't
0: decide to kill him in the end. I did, too. I wasn't necessarily expecting that. I kind of thought that he might live, but I thought it would be because their plan got botched, not because her plan was to put him to sleep. But I think it's great that everyone at the arena thinks he's dead. Like, that's good. You're stripping him of his power that way. Except now, is the dad going to come back? I'm so curious to see what's going on. Also, I just still have so many questions about being an oracle and his mom and what she can and can't see and how she manipulates people and (laughs) who she cares about and everything.
1: Agreed. I'm sure we'll find everything out.
0: Everything. All the things. We're we're never left one anymore when we finish a series. (laughs) Ever. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Um okay so I did a little bit of research today. What did you research? On Okay so I really liked the um arena fights and but I wish we had seen more of them. They seemed to go by really quickly. Yeah. And there were so many of them too. It was like it just seems like the idea of challenging someone to fight you in an arena in a public space could have been kind of a cool idea for the author to elaborate on a little bit more yeah and I wish we had seen more of it
0: there was a lot of things sorry I don't mean to interrupt again but I felt like it was jumping I don't know I really liked it but there were certain times where I was like getting really confused and I don't know if it's because I was reading too fast or because it was such a different world and some stuff was happening really quickly but I I think the thing that got me most confused was I actually thought I knew stuff that then I was like wait did we not know that like again when they were when they were both being tortured, when Sierra's oh, yeah. gift changed and she was being forced to torture Akos with her pain thing, mm-hmm. um, it was, like, trying to figure out who the benefit twins were or something, but hadn't they already been yeah. on the news? Like, I don't get what information Akos had that was secret.
1: That's a good question, because Ryzak wanted him to tell – to. Um, Reveal information about the Chancellor. And maybe... So was it just they thought- weren't
0: sure which one was the older twin?
1: I think so, but, yeah. Because but he knew they were close to... He was close to Ori,
0: I think. But does Akos even know which one's the older twin? Because the twins were separate. So I don't even get... Like, I just was getting confused there. I was like, he knows everything that everyone else knows, doesn't he? Except that he just yeah. happens to know she was younger. Or, I mean...
1: I think you're right. It was a little bit confusing.
0: Okay. I was just wondering if I missed something or what. But yeah, no, but I agree. No, the fight a- like, went by really... I felt like it kept... We kept shifting location and kind of, yeah, a bunch of stuff just shifted really fast a few times. So go ahead.
1: And even, like, the assassination attempt when they broke into the Novak Manor, Mm -hmm. it just happened, like, at the drop of a hat. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, you guys don't even have a plan. Why are you just jumping into this? And then, of course, it, like, failed spectacularly. Yeah. And I was just like, that was messy and not well thought out. And it just, again, it was something that happened way too fast for me. Well, yeah. She was like, let's just do
0: it tomorrow. (laughs) Let's just break in. And, okay, so I kind of get, so she never tried any of the locks with her DNA. So she never realized that she couldn't get through them. I kind of get that because I know she didn't like being around her brother. And she just assumed she could get through. But I'm also, so Ryzek knew, or or supposedly knows she's not blood. So he felt safe. So Mm -hmm. is the dad the one who told him? Like, I'm curious. I'm curious to know if they were switched, he knows, and how, and, yeah. I'm
1: sure the dad told him, but,
0: again. Although it kind of seems like something the mom would have done, not the dad. Oh. But I don't know. I don't know either. Like, switching them to protect them. I just, or maybe that's why the dad wasn't really interested in her, because he knew it wasn't. I don't know. Okay, we'll find out. And to protect them from what? (laughs) I don't know. That's a good point.
1: (laughs) Uh, Anyway, okay. So I was... (laughs) I was fascinated by the arena fights, and as you know, we just got back from Italy. Oh, yeah. So, I was thinking about the Colosseum and all the gladiator fights that went down there. So, here's
0: some things that I learned about gladiator fights at the Colosseum. And then I have to tell you a funny story about the time my family went to the Colosseum. Oh, good. Do you want me to go first? Sure. (laughs) I'm afraid I'm going to forget. Okay, so, we were there with my mom's parents, so my grandparents on my mom's side, My two sisters, my parents, when we lived in Belgium, we went to Rome and Mm -hmm. saw the Colosseum. And my dad used to say funny words to try to get us to smile in pictures instead of just saying cheese. So it's my grandparents, his parents-in-law, my mom, my sisters and I standing there in this picture. And my dad just yells, say booby, because I guess that was just the word. Like he thought it was funny sounds or something. And then, uh, yeah. It was really embarrassing and also hilarious. But we all it's a good picture of us. We all started cracking up. You have these like looks of horror on your face. Yeah. Can you imagine saying that in front of your like parents in law and your children? Kid. And yeah. Oh my goodness. Your poor dad. As soon as it came out of his mouth, he was probably like, Oh my god, not take what it I back, meant. Take it yeah. back. <laughs> That's funny. Anyways, sorry, tell us about the Coliseum and fighting people.
1: I think um, when we write the description for this this week, one should be "say booby at the Colosseum." <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. Okay. The gladiator fights lasted for a thousand years, and the last one was in 435 CE. It's the largest
0: amphitheater in the world, and I didn't realize they went on that long. That's a really long yeah.
1: time. I know and it's this is listen to how sad this is. So over 500,000 people lost their lives there and over 1 million animals were killed. Ugh. I know, like exotic animals. I know,
0: so yeah. They would just okay, go ahead. Um
1: so the this was also kind of interesting. So a lot of the
0: I just I feel like I would get old after like 500 years.
1: I know. Like, how many times can you watch a cheetah die? I don't know.
0: Okay, Without
1: sorry. wanting to just hate yourself. Although I guess,
0: like, maybe in a few thousand years they'll be like, football, why did that go on for so long? But that's hasn't I mean, even that's... been a thousand years, right?
1: No, but, I mean, think about all the stuff that's coming out with, like, concussion syndrome True. and stuff like that. People are already thinking, like,
0: mm, Maybe we should stop this. Is this
1: right? Yeah. So, okay, this was super cool. So, I didn't know this, but I guess – as a form of entertainment, they would sometimes flood the Colosseum and they would stage miniature naval battles inside the arena.
0: Oh, that's kind of cool. It would be fun to Isn't swim in awesome? the Colosseum.
1: Can you imagine? Oh my! Goodness. And just like have these boats floating, boats, ships, naval ships fighting, like staging mock battles. That's really cool. that was that blew my mind. Yeah, I
0: would. After fifty or five hundred years, I'd go see a naval battle for sure.
1: A fake naval battle will no where no one dies. Yeah. There's maybe some pirate princes.
0: There's definitely... I'm assuming there's pirate princes. (laughs) Why else would I go? Oh, I want to go now.
1: (laughs) Why don't we have that? So the gladiators themselves were either usually slaves or prisoners of war, but they could also be um, criminals or ex-soldiers or sometimes even paid volunteers.
0: Who would... What would they pay them? I mean, like, why would they pick the... Like, were they poor people who needed money, or were they, like, people that they really wanted to fight, and so they... And there's that. Okay.
1: Yeah, so, um, let's say you were kind of someone of low status, and maybe either you were very very poor,
0: or you you had a lot of debt. You mean we're assuming Uh, I'm not Lady Pebbles of whatever, of... I mean... (laughs) Of Starbucks, or whatever my name was. (laughs) Princess Poodle of
1: Starbucks was probably a gladiator herself. Let's be honest. She sounds pretty, pretty fierce. <laughs> so yeah, you could enroll in Gladiator School to kind of um, pay your debts. Okay, and you would fight for a shot at glory, for a shot at money. Sometimes,
0: so then, okay. Um, I'm, I'm just if. Keep, going. You, keep, keep If keep, you apply, were there like multiple gladiator schools that were like rivals, so they put their best gladiator against someone else's best gladiator, or was it like all government <laughs> employees, or like I idea. okay? I don't know. I think maybe in each city they had a gladiator. I have no idea. Okay. They were they were
1: gladiator schools though.
0: I'm just wondering if they've got like uniforms and mascots and stuff, or <laughs> oh my god, I hope so. <laughs> cheers and yeah,
1: the have cheers team cheers school spirit <laughs> they have pep rallies i bet
0: Definitely.
1: gladiator pep rallies. what was kind of interesting was gladiators were the the good ones were very famous and they were glorified but they were also scorned by the elites you know because they were people of low status but they were also celebrities in their own right so i mean there were in Pompeii, there's so much... I, I love the city of Pompeii. I was obsessed with Pompeii. I went to Pompeii nine times. Oh, wow. <laughs> I lived in Italy because I loved it so much. And there's all this graffiti on the walls of women talking about certain gladiators and, like, which ones were their fav- were their favorites. And some of them were like, oh, there's... One was described as the delight of all the girls. They were sex symbols, essentially, gladiators. So women would sometimes wear hairpins dipped in gladiator blood or they would Ooh. mix gladiator sweat, which was known to be an aphrodisiac, into
0: their cosmetics. Oh, that does not sound like yeah. a good call in real life, but interesting. Can you imagine putting sweat in your night cream? Can you imagine me putting someone's blood in my hair?
1: No, no, no. <laughs> so that was interesting. Um, so, you know, they were loved and hated at the same time, which I think is super interesting.
0: Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's, like, an equivalent today. I mean, like, we're fascinated by lots of like people, some, but I feel like most of the celebrities, like, enjoy the celebrity status and are also scorned. I'm trying to think of, like... Sure.
1: Well, also, it's just, like, if you're a celebrity today, you probably, at this time, have accumulated... You're you're not, like, of low status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Da-
0: you know, or... And it's, like, I mean, it's these something people admire slaves, in general. Yeah, Right. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Okay. So, and also, to be good, does that just mean you've survived a long time? Or were there, like, mm -hmm. other ways to, like, were you graded on other things or anything? Or just, you either died or Um, you not?
1: No, not every battle ended in a death. Okay. So sometimes there were ties. There was actually one gladiator. His name was Flama. He was a Syrian slave who fought 34 times in the arena and won 21 battles. So nine ended in a tie. And after he won the first time... Um, A lot of times, if you win, you are gifted your freedom. If you're a slave, you are liberated, essentially. And he chose to remain a gladiator. Hmm. And um, I guess by the time he finally died at age 30, he died in the arena, he was so famous, his name was being used on a Roman coin. So, So,
0: okay. So how often are you fighting, too? So 34 fights. Is this, like, one year? Or is this, like, five years? Well, let's think... I like, mean is this I'm every sure... Saturday you're off? <laughs> Instead of like Monday night football <laughs> <laughs> or just during the non-rainy season or something? I don't know. I mean like I'm sure they only fought. Well, okay,
1: it's an open air amphitheater, right? So they're not going pretty... well, I don't know. Like 30 maybe they're fighting year round, but he, they probably he probably didn't fight until he was maybe let's say 18 at the earliest.
0: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he died it, at age like, 30. It kind of sounds so. like 34 times seems like a lot, but, like, you could fight 34 fights in a month or something. I mean, you know, like, it could be... <laughs>
1: <laughs> could you? I don't okay. know. I don't know what the recovery time okay. is between... Okay. I mean, I don't There's know. It depends on if season. you killed a
0: cheetah or a man. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. But, like, it sounds like a lot, but I bet it went by really f- Like, I bet that he, you're only a c- celebrity for... So long. I guess if you got on the Roman coin, you had to be around long enough for them to do that. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm sure it was years. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll drop it.
1: You buy it. Okay. <laughs> so there were um, female gladiators, actually. Okay. Um.
0: How which how common? first
1: it wasn't nearly as common as men, and it was kind of more of like a spectacle. Like a, this is a special event. Okay. And at first I was kind of excited because, of course, you hear female gladiator and you're like, Wonder Woman, yeah, girl power. But then when you think about it, they were really exoticized and, um, you know, it was kind of more of a fetish thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure how much girl power there really was behind it. I think it was meant more to be a spectacle of two women fighting each other. Or sometimes they would make women fight animals like boar. So not, like, cheetahs and stuff, but animals that were a little bit less, though, a wild boar. I mean, Uh, we all know of those. Robert Baratheon dies. Yeah, no, me either.
0: It's also, I mean, like, it's, I guess the the guy who survived 33 battles or whatever was happy about it. But it doesn't really seem like it's a great career path anyway. So even if it was, like, strong women, like, was anyone really like that? I don't know.
1: I don't know. But normally, they were very highly organized events, so they would usually pit two men against each other who were of a similar size and experience, because it was considered more honorable to, you know, have two people fighting each other in a fair fight.
0: Yeah. I bet it would be better um, to but, watch, too. I mean, yeah, I can't believe I just said that, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean... When it comes to football, it's actually more...
1: Or, like, mm. Fights, if you've ever seen like things like that,
0: I can't watch people bleed. I don't, I don't watch anything like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it, it can get rough. Okay, so sometimes, though, these gladiator events could get really um unexpected, take unexpected turns. So there was one where Emperor Claudius was, I guess, watching a gladiator fight. And he was upset and dissatisfied with how the stage machinery was working, so he ordered the stage mechanics to get in the arena and fight each other. <laughs> oh my goodness. So like, sometimes strange things could happen where the audience was kind of kept on its feet, like you didn't really know what was going to happen.
0: You gotta if you want it to last a
1: thousand years. You gotta keep people on their toes. Yeah, I guess. Um, but they would also put animals in the pit and have them fight each other, which is awful. Mm-hmm. Like they they would fight. Uh one time they fought a elephant against a rhino. Mm. And sometimes they would just like throw random animals in just to see what they do, like dogs against porcupines and just like st- bizarre combinations. It's just like awful to think about. Um okay, last thing. This is pretty cool. So you know how everyone thinks of when you think of gladiator, you think of like the thumbs up, the thumbs down, and it's like thumbs up you live, thumbs down you die. Well, that's not actually true. Okay. The idea of like the thumbs up or thumbs down or like the audience getting to vote on whether a gladiator lived or died was known as, I'm going to pronounce this wrong because I don't know Latin, policy verso. Okay. And it means turned thumb, essentially. So they think that um, a thumbs down actually meant put down your swords, like fights over. And then Hmm. if you hid your thumb inside your fist, it means compressed thumb. And that means sheath your blade, like don't kill. Okay. And they think it would be easier to see rather than like a thumbs up, thumbs down, either like a closed fist or a thumb up. And the thumb up um, meant that the favored gladiator could deal the killing blow. And if you think about it, like thumb up would symbolize a sword, like thrusting a sword into someone, Mm -hmm. whereas hiding your thumb, meaning sheath your blade, like that's actually kind of a clearer... Yeah, Um, yeah, Yeah, I could see that. Mm -hmm. So that, that, I thought that was kind of cool. That is kind of cool.
0: Yeah. Interesting. I just can't
1: imagine being a spectator at something that horrific.
0: I can't, especially doing it every Saturday (laughs) for a thousand years. (laughs) And then collecting some sweat for the nighttime beauty routine that I would have. I mean,
1: it puts Super Bowl Sunday into perspective, I guess. It does. There's probably no great commercials either.
0: No, or the commercials are just like porcupines and dogs fighting, which.
1: Or it's a commercial for like the execution that's going to happen in a week, the public
0: execution. I'd go to like. Yeah, people... Every five years, I'd go see a naval battle. That would be like the extent of. Yeah. Fake naval battle. And Same then, here. and then let everyone, and then like mix it up a little bit and let everyone go swimming. Or turn it into oh. an aquarium. <laughs> Free swim day. <laughs> oh, man.
1: Oh, gosh. Adult swim in the (laughs) (laughs) Colosseum. That would be kind of really cool. They
0: should flood it again. (laughs) Just one more time. Just bring it back. (laughs) Historical, whatever. Uh, Okay. So, my research went really weird. (laughs) Oh, great. So, we were on Pitha. Pitha? However you say it. The water planet. Mm -hmm. Obviously, this is like where... The weapon planet. The weapon planet? Well, yes. Mm -hmm. But... It's the water planet. Is it's what I thought of. It's it as. real name. Yeah. <laughs> and you're right. <laughs> in the feast or whatever they were at the banquet thing when they arrived, the musicians were playing that instrument that sounded like rain. Oh yeah. It made me think of my rain stick, which was not quite that cool. But did you ever have a rain stick when you were little? Yeah. I think I like made one. I don't even think I ever had one. I cool. think we like you know got a paper towel roll and stuck. Beads in it. Pasta or beans or something in it, yeah. So I, I started looking at things about rain makers or rain sticks, <laughs> and then I started looking into weather modification in general. Oh this, I, like. I kind of went... Weather modification? Yeah. So... What's that? It's weather modification is intentionally manipulating or altering the weather. Oh, that would be my number two superpower. That would be a pretty cool one. Back in the day, a lot of different cultures believed that you could call on rain in different ways, like whether it was appealing to a god who controlled rain or, you know, doing mm. some kind of, like having a rain feast dance? for them or a rain dance or something like that. But um, now there's this thing called cloud seeding. Have you heard about that? No. So this is this is where it relates to the royal wedding, because I remembered reading this thing a few years ago. When did uh, the other royal wedding happen? Kate and William. April 29th, eleven.
1: <laughs> I know that date by heart.
0: Back in twenty eleven, when the royal wedding was happening, I remembered hearing about this thing that supposedly they were going to cloud seed before the wedding, which like would make it guaranteed that it wouldn't rain the day of the wedding. Did what? you hear anything about this? I don't know. I didn't I don't know enough if they if there's any proof, but it was like this theory that I read about, and then I saw something because it's supposed to rain on Megan and Harry's wedding day, so There was like, what are they going to do instead? Or what, you know, alternatives have been made? And I saw one thing that was like, conspiracy theorists think that they're also going to do the same thing that William and Kate did.
1: Okay, that's bizarre because for almost my entire life, I've always thought about how weird it would be if we could control the weather and the politics that that would apply to it. Like, the really wealthy people would be able to pay to guarantee sun on a certain day and then become this, like, elite thing where... If you're rich enough, you can control the weather and guarantee sunny days on important events.
0: Yeah, supposedly Beijing did this for opening and closing the Olympics in 2008. Whoa. And in 2003, supposedly, Paul McCartney did it for a concert. So how do you do it? So, okay, basically clouds have, they're not like the most efficient thing at producing precipitation. So some percent less than 100 turns clouds into water. Sure. Like, that's why that's why they're always, well, almost always, they're like, there's a percent chance of rain today, you okay. know, because they're not, the stuff's there, but it might not necessarily work. And in winter, a problem is there aren't enough ice crystals. So basically, there's this thing, silver iodide, which has a similar structure to ice. So the lattice structure at the molecular level is very, very similar to ice. Okay. So we think that's why ice wants to bond to it. So they started, I guess the first time they tried, like, initially experimented with this was back in the 1940s and they didn't have a lot of success back then. Was it related to the war in some way? I'm sure it was. I didn't really read all. I was just more interested in is this going to happen on Saturday or Friday night. So they
1: shoot silver ions into the sky to help to take all the ice away?
0: Basically they like force it. To rain early so there's no precipitation left in the air. Whoa. Kind of thing. That's so cool. I'm probably explaining it really poorly.
1: That's okay. I get the idea.
0: But I think it also it's related to drought somehow too. Like, so if you're in the case oh. of a drought, how can you get it to rain? So they just have an area that they treat kind of? I think so. And I couldn't find a lot of information on if this actually was done, and if so, how? I saw a lot more about like theories and conspiracies about it.
1: Oh, like it could be done.
0: But I think I did read that it was, okay, well, I don't know enough about it. I don't know enough if there's, like, 100% proof or if people have just claimed that they've done it or not.
1: Yeah, that's so cool.
0: Yeah, it disperses substances in the air that serve as cloud condensation, which alter the microphysical processes within the cloud. And usually it increases precipitation. Um, It's widely practiced in airports, supposedly.
1: Oh, yeah, that actually makes a ton of sense. Yeah,
0: that makes more sense than for someone's wedding day.
1: Unless you're, king unless also. you're the king or Meghan Markle.
0: <laughs> so, anyways, I just thought I, I obviously, like usual, did not go into enough detail. But I saw that fact, and then I was like, I have to bring this up, and I'm talking to Marissa tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I went off on this whole other thing. So that so then I tried to bring it back into my original research a little bit. And I was looking into if there's any scientific evidence that listening to n- nature noises like rain or, you know, the ocean... You know how people will play those no- noises to, like, help them sleep or help them concentrate?
1: I had an alarm clock that had different various nature sounds, but you never knew which one was going to go off. And some of them were really calming, like there was, like, a rainforest and you know, like, beach weather, but then one of them was
0: a volcano. <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: And I was just like, oh, God, I really hope this one never comes on because it's going to be real rough.
0: That would really get you up, though, probably and going. Sure. Yeah. But basically, there's some tests. They're not super conclusive, but there's enough evidence to indicate that it likely does have some calming effects on you. Um, and okay. they did a bunch of, like, fMRI tests where they had a bunch of magnetic resonance imaging scans to people who were listening to five minute soundscapes of different environments some natural and Mm -hmm. some man made and so there's I guess two kind of default modes of your brain. One's more internal inwardly focused and one's more externally focused when you're listening to artificial sounds it looks like you're more inwardly focused with how your different patterns of biological activity are going. So it's like Promotes kind of like meditation almost. Well, the inward focus could be things that are like worry, Like it could be like stressful and worrying. Like you could be mm-hmm. thinking about things in your own life or in your own self. Like they're similar patterns for people who have a lot of stress or depression and anxiety and things like that. Mm. But then, in the natural setting, or the natural sounds promoted more of an external focused attention, so hmm. it's a de- so they said nature sounds are associated with a decrease in the body's bite or flight feeling and an increase in parasympathetic responses, which is essentially your body's more relaxed and it's function- you know you're not like high stress, okay, so if you want to relax, you should listen to nature sounds not man-made construction (laughs) sounds I think okay (laughs) or artificial sounds in general and then I found a bunch of different websites where you could listen to different nature sounds which was kind of fun for a while including some where you could like combine nature sounds with music it was kind of kind of cool anyways I went. this is a really weird tangent but Pitha has some really cool musical instruments the end (laughs) 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 Uh, I wish we honestly got to
1: spend some more time there I, I mean, I hope we get to see other planets, because right now everything's just focused on this one place.
0: I know. I'm kind of curious. I think we talked about this last time to see if it gets, how much bigger it gets. Yeah. Especially whatever his dad's been doing for however many years he's been supposedly dead. I'm curious if that'll bring in more planets or anything. I mean, they've there's been enough talk about the rest of the universe that you'd think we'd have to interact with it some more. Yeah. But I'm also, I love duologies in a lot of ways, and I do feel like this story, you know, doesn't, can wrap up in the next book hopefully but it's a really cool world and I kind of would be interested to have her pick up kind of like what they do with the Grisha trilogy or something you know like pick a different planet in this world oh, and like and continue do it. some other story of a completely unrelated almost, or, you know, just vague references to the other one or something. But
1: I would like that too, because right now the kind of thing I don't like a little bit about this book is two things. The first one is like, I know we were talking last week about the pain as a gift kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And I really didn't like in this second half how Sierra's pain changes and it becomes something that makes her stronger. Mm -hmm. And that upset me because I, I was just like, the idea of pain making you stronger, that's just, I feel like that's just something people without pain say. And I thought that that was a little bit unfair to kind of use that construct in Sarah's character. Because it was just like, I just don't feel like people who experience chronic pain are like, oh, it's fine because it makes me stronger. Or,
0: like, yeah. you know? or even the fact that it did change some because she changed kind of had a weird connection too yeah. with like going back to that idea that did she somehow think she deserved it and what or I don't know like yeah and it's
1: not just like like a lot of times you can't do anything about it you're completely helpless and at the mercy of this and if there was something you could change it of course you would
0: and that's the other thing even the idea I was thinking about it more because she when she kills people with it she's like sharing her pain right that's Mm -hmm. when she like pushes it into someone else or whatever and I'm not saying I don't know I, I don't really know how to say what I'm thinking except that if you're in chronic pain, wouldn't it, I don't, like, I just feel like that shouldn't have been such a negative thing to somehow share your pain or somehow relate or share the burden or, I don't, I don't know. I, and I'm not, I don't even know how to articulate what I'm trying to say, but I felt like that became a negative thing when it mm-hmm. didn't need to, like, it could have been, mm-hmm. like, there could have, like, I almost wish and, I don't know. I don't even know what I Wait, wish It in could said. have
1: been, it could have been something of, you know, someone feeling her pain and feeling empathy for her. Mm-hmm. Or, like, sharing in the understanding of
0: it, maybe. Yeah.
1: But it just also sucked that when she took the pain for herself and refused to give any to Akos, that's when her gift changed and it made her stronger. And it was just like, so are you trying to say that, like, if you're in pain, you should just keep it to yourself and just suffer?
0: That's kind of what I meant rather with than by to saying share. that sharing it was a negative yeah. thing. Yeah, like, you just said it better than I did. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, and I also, so, that was I, another yeah. point where I got confused. I feel like that was a uh, really big scene when she was deciding not to push her pain into Echoes, And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden we were like waking up in a hospital. I was so, yeah. I'm, and I'm still kind of confused by how, like how we. And the show tests shipped, were invading the hospital. Yeah. How we shifted to there. Through.
1: I went back and I had to reread, reread that a bunch of times too.
0: So who got him out? Just the rebels were like keeping up their end of the yeah. bargain. Yeah. Okay. Teca
1: and, um. Yeah, the re- the renegades did. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. And then the other thing I don't like
0: is um, why would they have even kept him alive, the Rysik?
1: Because um, I think they needed information about the chancellor still. Okay. I think they were gonna try again.
0: Okay. Sorry. What were well, you? Well, the other saying? thing that
1: you were sa- that when you were talking about how we hope that it goes off planet and becomes. Um, a little bit more inclusive of the rest of the world, I would have seen that too because it was really hard for me to read this book without drawing a parallel to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Hmm. And and I just was – I was thinking about it the entire time, maybe because of, like, what's been going on recently. But – and then I was just like, oh, Jesus, like to make a YA book about such a sensitive topic – and and I, and then I was reading more about it and she said, because, because a lot of the names too um, invoke that kind of, that, that area mm-hmm. like they sound very similar and she denied that, she said that the names were inspired by when she lived in Romania hmm. and she was hearing a lot of sounds when she was um, listening to the language that she hadn't really heard before and so I guess all the names in this book were inspired by um, her living in Romania and kind of experiencing this language for the first time so it wasn't meant to be a parallel but with the whole idea of like one land two people fighting over it having this hatred of each other mm-hmm. and and it was just it was hard for me to not make that connection and it, it didn't make me feel great yeah so I was glad that she se- came out and said like no that wasn't my intention but I mean there there are a lot of parallels and it's it's hard to separate that in my mind so I feel like if we did go off planet and it became more of a
0: second world fantasy like it's supposed to be, I would feel better about it. Hmm. I'm going to definitely make those connections more now that you've said that because I didn't on my own, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. So I'm, I am I want to, I feel like we actually have a lot of questions again. We always do. Yeah, I guess that's a good way to end a book in a series, but I want to, I want to know. And I'm also curious to hear more about Akos' sister too. I'm glad that we got to see her again. And oh, I think yeah. her relationship with Isaiah, Isaiah, yeah, Isaiah is kind of cool.
1: I, I agree, and I like that. Um, I love Cece's gift um, that she brings people ease,
0: and, but um, and that it's a double-edged sword for her. Yeah, yeah I, I love like that, that too.
1: The gift. I like that she. The author is is making it clear now that every gift comes with a curse, mm-hmm. and so it, it, it's easier to look at them not as gifts that, like, Cece brings people this wonderful ease, but it also prevents her from doing anything that makes people uncomfortable, so she never cries in front of people.
0: Yeah, it's kind of cool to see her relationship with Echoes, too. Like, him being yeah. able to be, like, now recognizing that and her s- having that Being able to cry and, for the first time. And, yeah. yeah. And, you know, when she's getting frustrated or whatever, him reaching out a hand so that she can experience her emotions or share what she's thinking or whatever. Yep. I cannot yeah. imagine if that were, like, if you literally couldn't, express unpleasant emotions especially given what she's been through she saw her dad get killed and her two brothers kidnapped and she couldn't cry
1: because she wants to make her internal gift is to make other people feel better like how terrible is that that? yeah but also i don't i don't know yeah so we still need to learn do we know wait do
0: we know her fate she has a fate too right do we i don't remember if we know it
1: um wasn't it to fall to the
0: fall by the sword oh yeah something like that yeah you're right okay we should
1: write we should have a fate a fate and gift board. We should. Where we have everyone's names and then like
0: red yarn that points to their fate. We need to um, <laughs> like a detective board. We need to do some kind of quiz at some point we need to find one that'll tell us our fate or our gift. Oh my god, I love fates that idea for each other or something. Ooh, do we trust each other to do that? No. Maybe I'll write fates for my <laughs> sisters and you can write a fate for your sister and then we'll bribe them to listen to our this episode. No, I'm, just I'm going to look up
1: carve the mark. Find Your Fate.
0: (laughs) Actually, I think that was the name of her tour. (laughs) Find Your Fate? Wait, what's the second one called? Isn't it something like that? Oh, no.
1: The Fates Divide. The Fates Divide. Okay. Well, next week, we are going to do a Find Your Fate quiz.
0: Whether we make it or find it, we'll see. (laughs) We'll just make our (laughs) own quiz. Uh,
1: Put it up on BuzzFeed. Okay. So, do we want to talk about the next book? Yeah. Yeah. Tell us about it. So, the next book is called The Fates Divide. And we are going to read up to part three. Yep. And I'll read the back. Fate brought them together. Now it will divide them. The lives of Sira Noavec and Echos Karaseth are ruled by their fates, spoken by the oracles at their births. The fates, once determined, are inescapable. Echos is in love with Sira in spite of his fate. He will die in the service to Sira's family. When Sira's father, Lazmet Noavec, a soulless tyrant, thought to be dead, reclaims the Shotet throne, Ecos believes his end is closer than ever. As Lazmet ignites a barbaric war, Sira and Echos are desperate to stop him at any cost. For Sira, that could mean taking the life of the man who may or may not be her father. For Akos, it could mean giving his own. In a stunning twist, the two will discover how fate defines their lives in ways most unexpected. With the addition of two powerful voices, Veronica Roth's sequel to Carve the Mark is a chorus of hope, humor, faith, and resilience. There were a lot of sentences on that that I didn't understand.
0: Did you read it before you read it?
1: <laughs> no, I know I should have. I usually do. I didn't
0: because I wasn't reading this time. That was a
1: cold read, guys. You can tell. Okay. Last met. I'm excited to meet you. You soulless tyrant. Yeah.
0: And I'm curious to see. I'm I'm still just if you knew your fate would happen regardless, would you want to know what it is? I don't think I would.
1: No, cuz I would just think about it constantly. Yeah. And try to avoid it if it was bad cuz who wouldn't? And then I would probably play right into it. Like, that always happens. It was also
0: interesting, the political atmosphere in Thuv. They're like, if you're supposed to be chancellor, your fate will tell you, and we'll just accept it. And otherwise, Mm -hmm. we won't have a chancellor.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well. Okay. I'm excited to find a quiz to find out what our fates are. In the meantime, can you tell me a joke? I can.
0: When does a joke become a dad joke? Oh, I don't know. When it's fully grown. Like groan? And the (laughs) punchline becomes apparent. (laughs) Get it? Groan and groan. Yep. apparent.
1: That's good. That's
0: so good. Yeah. I love that one. That one made me chuckle. Well done. Alrighty. Okay, read up to Um, part three. Go comment on our social media at mnktalkya on Instagram or mnktalkya mm -hmm. at gmail.com or on Facebook.
1: And tell us this week... We didn't talk about this, but tell us if you're a Yanni or a Laurel. Oh yeah.
0: Wait, what are you? What are you?
1: <laughs> you're going to freak out when I told when I tell you this. I listened to it with my coworker on her phone while sharing headphones. We were sharing headphones listening to the same video and then we both screamed out different words. Oh my
0: goodness. That's so funny.
1: I keep hearing Yanni. I've only heard Laurel once, but I and then I was playing it in the office, like I probably shouldn't have been doing this, but I was playing it in the office And me and Jenny and Hunter were listening to it. And Hunter and I kept hearing one thing and Jenny kept hearing a different thing. And we were just like freaking ourselves out. And I think people were probably getting annoyed because it was just like, Yanny! (laughs) Laurel!
0: I have only heard Laurel. And my fiance sent me this thing where this guy was like, I don't know, doing something to the sound that was supposed to like break, break out the Laurel part versus the Yanny part. And he was like, I can hear both when he does this. And I still just heard Laurel every single time. So I think something's wrong with my hearing. <laughs> well, or you guys are all messing with me, one or the other. <laughs> you
1: and Chad both, because I just texted him and I was like, are you Yanny or Laurel? And he said,
0: I don't hear either. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Uh, Usually funny if funny. I know what I, like the other thing is... I can make myself hear it or see it or whatever, but I, I can't even do, that. do that with, I can't hear Yanni no, or Yanni or whatever, whatever you oh people God. are talking about. So
1: you're Laurel and I'm a Yanni. We're at odds. Oh, it's like the show tent
0: the all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> and on that note, bye Yanni. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Bye Bookworm.
1: <laughs> Go get a library card.